We return now to those moonlit hills outside of Asta. The scene. Tevolo hovering in the air in the depths of despair before a amorphous shape which only he truly knows. Candea still playing the violin, gazing up at the moon. And four interlopers in this scene, nearby, hovering, trying to decide what to do. In the distance, very faintly, the calliope begins to play, beckoning the patrons in. Okay. Tivolo, the world fades away from you. You are hovering in a void, not not quite literally, but your vision has tunneled in on the figure in front of you, because how could you possibly tear your eyes away? You left me. You died. You all hear Tevolo's words. Hollis glances nervously between the violin and the shade and the forest and the grasshopper. He looks at he looks at the other people here and says, Well so what are we what's the plan? Lorca is staring wide-eyed at Tavolo, having gone over to a shade that Hollis can't see, if I'm correct. Uh, I think Hollis could see it. I think Vesperi is the only one who couldn't see it at all. Right. Lorca is going to go after Tavolo, climb over the the grassy bank and stride towards the 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 three figures he can see. Okay. Um, Hollis trails uncertainly behind, not wanting to be too close to the centre of things. Um, and yes, you can see Tavolo hovering in the air, and you can see the kind of the hazy suggestion of a figure nearby. Um, obviously, you also see Candea, who is not acknowledging the presence of any of you. He whispers... I'm- so drifting closer loud. And... Sorry, no, you go ahead. I said I'm, I'm drifting closer and reaching out for his face, just to touch him. He flinches slightly. He is ever so slightly out of your reach. You left me, he repeats reproachfully. I had to. You, you died, how could you? How dare you? Lorca will come up behind Tavolo and put his hand on the Flykinden's shoulder. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to say that um, Tavolo, this is an opportunity for you to overcome Okay. this effect. I think that's that's a reasonable interpretation, right? Um... 
you, you, you are being startled out of an enchantment, basically, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, either player know that I'm under magic effects that either character do not. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that would be like uh, overcoming with will. Okay. I have mediocre will. Um, I think probably. Uh, um, Lorca, Lorca, how's your? Do you have? Do you have will as a skill? I do. I think in that case you're you're contributing teamwork here, right? Yeah, I can do that. That, that. that seems reasonable. So I get a plus one from that. That gives you a plus one, yeah. So meanwhile, we have the ghost with some teamwork uh, facing up against you. I'll give you the total. That is a total of one. Okay. Let's give this a go. Neutral on the dice, plus one from the help. So when you tie as an overcome action, you get what you were after at a minor cost. So I would say in this case, you kind of escape from this enchantment, but when you do, you're upset, you're disoriented. Um, and I think I'll model that as a boost, if that's right. So like a boost of like disoriented uh, on you. Okay. Uh, which I can invoke if I like. So you feel this hand on your shoulder and mm -hmm. feel like you have been, you know, when you wake up and you're just wrenched out of sleep, you know, you're still mostly mm -hmm. asleep, but something is dragging you out and you feel awful and disoriented and confused. Sure. That's how you feel. It's, it's, it's as if you were waking up from a dream and it was a, a good dream and a bad dream at the same time. And, the details are fleeing you. You don't know how you got here. The last thing you really remember clearly is um, being in that performance earlier. Okay. What am I seeing now? So now you see um, Kandaya playing the violin. Um, and if when you turn around to see who's grabbed your shoulder, uh, you can see the people behind you. Okay. I'm not... The shade is just gone. There's no amorphous blob. It's completely just gone. It's okay. completely gone. Do I see the shade still? Do any of us? Uh, yes. The the other people who uh, so you and um, uh, you and elegant scale can both still see it. Okay. Just that kind of impression. So I was reaching for something, and I suddenly don't know what it was. But my arm like really hurts where Laura quite stuck me earlier in the duel so i just kind of grab at that because maybe that was what i was doing and look at lorica and i just clearly am completely confused volo volo come back to me uh, from what i look to the shade and step backwards attempting to draw volo with me and uh, to volo lets himself be led he looks him in the in the eyes and says, "What did you see? I, what can you see now?" I'll grasp a musician friend and a field. I, what is going to happen? What's happening? He purses his lips for a minute, looks at the shade, and then speaks to Candea. Says her name. <laughs> 
Kandaya. Kandaya? Uh, she doesn't turn. Elegance Dale She's... starts striding towards her with intent. Okay. Um. Are you go- are you intending to like you know grab her or something? Yeah. What's your notice? Uh, it's good. It's plus three. Okay. You're a pretty good magician. And you feel a menacing, hostile power building as you get close. Like something is about to lash out at you. Just that prickling on the hairs on the back of your arms. Okay. Um... Hmm. Can I do anything to um, stay on my toes about it now that I, you know, I'm aware of it? I still um, want to keep going, but you could. Uh, okay, if you're intent on pressing on, then I suppose what you could effectively do is essentially like. Dec- no, I'm going to say you could either like. Put your guards up, right? Effectively get yourself a plus two to your defences. Um, or you could rush in and try and do whatever you, it is you were trying to do before it can, you know, gather its strength to strike out at you. I say it, it, it might be her, it might be some presence, it's hard to say. Okay. I'll try and rush in and... Mm, grab her violin from her. Okay. Hmm. I think... I think this probably qualifies as an attempt to create an advantage, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're trying to do it physically, just physically grabbing, yeah. which is probably... is probably fighting? Um, it might be athletics, but probably fighting. Okay, I don't have anything in that, so that'd just be a flat, uh, flat roll. Yep. Alrighty. Okay, that was average, so plus one for me. Okay. So that was a zero for me. Okay, I think if I'm going to spend the fate point on this, I kind of have to reveal it. Um. The 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 white violin has a um aspect. False friend, which I'm going to draw on with my um, from my pool of uh, four fate points for this scene, um, which I'll use to just kind of edge over you because you got one right total. Right. There is a discordant note, and Candaya like she comes to herself somewhat, um, but she's she's backing away and turning her body to keep it to keep it out of your grasp. And then, I think the two of you are the only two who get to act, like, straight away. So then the other participants in the scene get to take a turn. And, yeah, I threatened violence, so I'd like you to defend with magic. Okay. Okay, so adding my magic to that roll, that would make it a plus five. 
Oh, that's interesting. That is a tie. Oh, no, excuse me. Um, that was a success, in fact. Yeah, you know what? I want to I want to draw on this aspect, so I'm going to have to. I feel like it's reasonable for me to like um, reveal it, right? Yeah, you feel kind of, you know, you're a magician. You're you're attuned to, you know, magical flow in this way, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend a second fate point for a reroll, and I'm drawing on vengeful again from the white violin, not from Candea. Okay, interesting. Uh, I roll yeah. again, then? Uh, no, 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 I roll again. Oh, okay. Ah, that's more like it. Um, so that is a total of 11 against your 5. Oh. Uh, you can do the same sort of thing. You can, like, boost the roll with plus 2 or with a re-roll. As it stands, you're looking at taking a uh, oh, a major consequence mm. from this. Uh, how would I boost it? So boosting is um, when you use an aspect, um, which can be yours, it can be a situation aspect, it can be like a relevant aspect to someone else. Um, you spend a fate point, and this gives you either a flat plus two, or it lets you re-roll all of your dice mm. and choose the take the better result. Well, I feel like, I mean, no matter what I rolled, it would not be an 11. That is true. That is true, but you can. But um, with attacks specifically, it's not just a matter of it's. There's more of a matter of degree as well. Okay. Um, is there any way I can, like, guard against uh whatever this consequence is going to be? Make it less severe. Uh, I mean, basically, that would be you. That would involve you spending fate to use one of your aspects. Um, though I'm not actually sure any of your aspects are gonna help you here. No, I don't think it ever suited for this. Uh, I'll just, I'll take it. Okay. Um, so you're taking five, uh, which you could buy off, for example, by taking a, uh, by taking one point of mental stress and one moderate consequence. Okay. Or actually, I think you could take uh, three points of mental stress because you're because you have a will rating of two. I think you have that three box available to you. Yeah, my will's at two, so I could take... Uh, you could take the three box and take a mild consequence instead? Okay, yeah, I'll do that instead then. Okay. So, mark off that three box, and you take a mild consequence. So a consequence is essentially uh, an aspect, right? Um, it's generally not good, um, and is more useful for um, compulsion or your enemies drawing on it than for you personally. But it's it's fundamentally an aspect like any other. Think of it as kind of like a, a, a trouble, like a temporary trouble. Okay. Uh, so in this case, there is a terrible, like, pounding, angry note from the violin. Like, she's tapping on it with her fingers as well hmm. to kind of give a percussion line underneath it. As she plays, you can feel shadows wrapping around you you can just feel the presence made imminent upon you of figures or trees and undergrowth it's hard to say it's like it's like watching a shadow puppet play and they're surrounding you and they're threatening you 
you haven't been hurt, not physically, but you know that you are in danger, that these phantoms could kill you as dead as a living as a living blade. Uh, so I'm going to give you the cons- mild consequence shadow dogged. You know, you are you are being pursued, you are being held, you are being threatened by these shadows. Okay. Damn. <laughs> it's not ideal. No, not, ideal. not great. Okay. So at this point, um, our remaining magician, Lorca, you're not far from this, like, altercation. And you can kind of, you can sense the power here. And you can quite clearly see the shadow things sprouting and decaying and circling um, elegant scale. The others of you, you can only make out at best like, like the hint of a presence. You know, you can you can kind of, kind of as if you were catching things out of the corner of your eye. It's not clear to you because you're not magicians. You're not ready for this. You're not practiced at this. Um, but, huh? That's tempting. Um. I'm actually going to run a slightly different turn order system to the basic one, which is where um, whoever is whoever is best picks the next person um, to go um, until everyone's gone round. Um, so who here? I think probably Tavolo. You're uh, you're unlikely to get involved in this altercation, right? At, at least at first, like. If I pick up that it is an altercation, yeah. I have okay. a crossbow with me, but right fine. now I have no idea what's happening. Um, and um, elegant scale, sorry, not elegant scale. Uh, Lorca, you can kind of see that there is like a quite serious magical attack going on right now. Oh yeah. What's your? Um, I think notice. I think notice. Okay, my notice is plus two. Do. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, Vesperia, you can, you know, you can, you can see that elegant scale has gone forwards and then kind of fallen back, and you can hear the shift in the music, but you can't like really tell that it's a fight necessarily yet. Mm-hmm. Are you inclined to move forwards and intervene in any way? Um. Yes, I am wondering. Can I tell, like? if Candea is in control of the violin or if the violin is in control of Candea? That's an excellent question and would make for a great turn, I think. Uh, <laughs> so we'll start with Elegant Scale, who's at the kind of the top of the initiative order. Um, what would you like to do? Can I take flight and try and get away from these these shadows? Yeah, you, you super can. So you just, is your action just to flee? Or are you just taking to the air? Because taking to the air isn't like a action, it's, it's easy for you to do. Yeah, um, I'll just take to the air and... Um, uh, is everybody heading my way or just one person? I'm not sure. Um, Lorca, are you like moving in? or? Yes, I am. Okay, so I think probably just Lorca is. Okay. Um, then I'll sort of fly up, and um, can I 
Is there a way I can see if this this magic is going to try and attack Lorca, or if it's focused on me, or is it just lashing out at anyone? I think we can probably do this as a creation advantage, right? Um, it's not obvious. That's not obvious, but uh, I think probably in the process of trying to work it out, you could get some insight into the white fire then, in general. Okay. You're probably trying to create an advantage with magic, right? Given that it's um, right, yeah, a, a magical idea. Um, at which point, yeah, the relevant party will defend with magic. Okay, that is a seven on my part. Oh man, I got another five, but it's still not good enough. Uh... I mean, if you can find a couple of aspects to play off of, then you could spend two fate to push through. Right. Um, I think Curious as a Caterpillar would work in this situation, because I yeah. am trying to trying to figure something out here. Um, yeah, absolutely. And maybe Center for Attention, too, because I'm also worried about myself being attacked, you know, again, potentially. I think that's kind of tenuous. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, I mean, someone else can help out, maybe? But failing that, like, you would at least tie, which would get you something. Okay. Uh, Lorca, do you have anything you could, you could toss my way? Oh, to help you figure something out about the violin? Hmm. Um, I don't know, actually. I don't think I do. Okay, then uh, I'll take what I have and, and just tie, then. So that costs you one fate point. Okay. Um, note that down. No. Um... Yeah, in that case, uh, so you get a boost, which is like a, a one-use kind of insight in this instance. So what you... So you're trying to work out like who's using who, basically, right? Oh, right, yeah. So maybe tell me a bit about what this, what this magic is like. What's it like for you to try and work out things with magic? Mm, how is magic... Like, does it have a... Is it visible in this? It can be in your kind of mind's eye um as a as a butterfly like your magical tradition kind of uses the metaphor of tapestry and you can learn to kind of like you know visualize that feel it right um i think i'd try and follow the the threads of that shadow dogged um that's on me back to the violin or candia and try and suss out that way Who's controlling who? Ah, okay. Definitely there, it comes through the violin first. And as you kind of like follow through that that thread, you can kind of use that as a way to get into the threads of the violin's own magic and feel for that other connection. Um, and what I'm going to do is instead of making, instead of giving you a new boost, this is like an information gathering thing, right? Uh, and it's going to give you a free invocation on the false friend. Uh, the false friend aspect for the white violin. Uh, you get the impression that it's not that the white violin is like directly like puppeteering her, but it is, it's manipulating her. You know, it has gotten under her skin, into her head, right? right. It has convinced her that it is a friend to her. Okay, it's gotten its hooks into her then. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll I'll shout down at at Lorca. Um, go for the violin. 
Nice. Um, yeah, I think I think that that's, that would, that would be a good reason to like let Lorca kind of use their free invocation if he wanted. Uh, speaking of, uh, who do you want? Uh, do you want Lorca to go next? Uh, yeah. Uh, Lorca, you're up. I hear elegant scale say, "Go for the violin," and there's a part of me that knows this thing is deeply magical, and that if I grasp it, it will possibly react in the same way that it is affected elegant scale so instead I am going to put one hand on Candea and one hand on the violin and try and pull them apart okay um that sounds to me like it's probably Probably trying to overcome, maybe, with um, athletics, or maybe fight? Hmm. I have athletics. Okay. But I would also like to do something else. What is the also you'd like to do? I want to use my, my art weapon, my sharp nail. Okay. To attempt to grasp... Candea's wrist and take a drop of her blood as w- mm. while I'm wrenching the violin away. I'll tell you what, I'll give you that if you succeed with style as kind of as kind of a freebie there. Okay. We'll see what we, we'll see what you can do. Um so yeah. I get a three for athletics. Okay, that is a one point success. Hmm. I feel like I'm kind of wrapping up here at this point, though. Um, like, if it goes wrong, it's pretty much all the marbles. So I'm going to put on that uh, false friend um, to boost that. So that's one to my side. Uh, you can, of course, do similar things. You could presumably actually tag the same thing with the free invocation that um, uh, Elegant Scale got, if Elegant Scale is willing to contribute that. Yes. Okay. So at the moment, you are succeeding. I'm kind of out of other things to um, call on here. So, yeah, at the moment you are succeeding, you're not succeeding with style. Okay. If you did, like, spend another boost, you'd be succeeding with style. How would I spend another boost? By invoking uh, so, an aspect? Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah. If you, I mean, if you invoke an aspect. In which case, I am going to invoke necessary evil hmm. to actually hurt her nice all right to get her to drop the violin okay um that's really nice and i like it cool so i think the like the narrative thing here is yeah you get exactly what you want you can dig that nail into her flesh and like it's actually it's it's almost a little um a little needle in a sense you know you can actually like take blood through it um, <laughs> um not a huge amount but enough to get her taste um and then and then re- and and use that pain to loosen her grip so you can wrench the violin away and she staggers back, 
howling and like starts screaming, Yanov, Yanov, help me! Uh, Yanov is her companion, uh, carer. It's not totally clear. Um, friend, maybe just. Um, the person whose presence she seems to tolerate the best, uh, Beaconden. He's not here right now, though you're not terribly far from the um, wagons. And yeah, as you wrench the violin out of her hands, the strings fall silent. I think at this point you are not in a fight anymore. What does the violin feel like now that it's out of her hands? Do I get any sense from it? Ooh, um, just passively? No. No, it does feel... Ah, oh no, you do get a sense of it. Shit, I've been forgetting all this time. Um, <laughs> you are in fact a mosquito. It kind of, um... <laughs> Shit, I should remember this a while ago. Uh, this is fine though. Um, it kind of just, you know, in all the excitement, it had kind of slipped your attention, but you can smell blood. And now that you have the violin in your hands, you can tell that there is blood running down the fretboard. Is it... is it Candaeus' blood? Uh... Yes, yes, you can tell that. Of course you can. You can tell immediately it's Candaeus' blood. But it's not from where I wounded her? No. Oh. Okay. She doesn't seem like she's, like, gearing up to attack you in any way. She's... she seems more... kind of just terrified, you know? Lorca steps back, away from her, holding the violin. She literally is collapsed to her knees, just wailing and occasionally screaming for Yanov to come. Uh, you are close enough to the wagons that probably at least someone can hear you, now that she is, like, straight up screaming. Someone calm her down. Just, just get her to stop screaming. Hello, everybody. If you're enjoying Bugs and you'd like to listen to the whole of Chapter 1 right now, you can go to patreon.com slash coapcast and pledge as little as £1 a month to help support the show. If you pledge more, then we'll give you a shout-out. Thanks to Alexandria, who already has. And now, back to the show. Tabolo kind of looks around at all of you, who, from his perspective, all of you are being really weird, <laughs> and says, I can go find Yanov. Give me a sec. No, don't. He... <laughs> what? Make your mind up. I will go to her and kneel down on the ground next to her and offer my hand and try to comfort her. There, there. It is all right. Okay. Um, I think, given that you weren't involved in the altercation just now, uh, this mm -hmm. probably is, requires, like, a fair role, right? So plus two. Uh, and it's definitely empathy, right? I don't think there's anything else yeah. to be. Yeah. That's a four. Okay. Yeah, that's plenty. She's certainly, like, she's willing to work with you here, right? Like, she's she's willing to accept that you are, in fact, friendly here. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I imagine you've... 
you've had to like measure her and stuff at some point. Yeah. Um, like she's kind of known for being not a people person at all. Um, and like when you took her measurements, like Yanov came in with her and like she literally just like stood there like a statue the whole time, you know? Um, but like, she is literally she is literally like clinging to you, sobbing, um, once she decides that you are in fact friendly. Oh, do you know what is happening? You will have to get a little bit of blood out of the back of your um clothes later. Uh, cold water, it'll be fine. Um, no, no, I was just. They came and they they tried to hurt me. They're still here, and she, like, is kind of like twisting slightly to try and keep the other two in her field of vision. Who is they? <laughs> and she kind of like takes a moment to like think, uh, Lorca and Scale and and they stole my violin. Do you know that your violin was causing harm? No, 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 no. Is, is this your, is this your normal violin? Or is this a new one? It's just, it's just my normal violin. It's the one I, it's the one I perform with. Hmm. Well, I don't know exactly what was happening. People were seeing things that I was not seeing, but your violin was making something appear, uh, which I do not think is normal. Have, have you done anything different than lately? She sort of is thinking about that question when you're kind of like interrupted by the sound of like a child yelling there's someone there's some people over there like five some flyers you can hear them over. like yelling back into camp and obviously it's carrying back to where you are as well you're basically at the edge of shouting distance are they talking about us i'm the only one flying can i see anybody else up in the air from here i think probably if you sort of flew a circuit you know like flew like halfway out towards the camp and back because because the angle you're at now like people's caravans and tents are kind of like blocking oh, your yeah, view all right. um yeah i'll look down and kind of judge that she's not an immediate threat anymore and kind of do a, a bit of a circuit then yeah uh well with that you can you can see like there's a handful of like people like adults you know kind of gathering up kind of like essentially like you know making a bit of a posse right mm. and like picking up picking up lanterns that kind of thing um, and particularly you can see someone who's like clearly shrugging into armor and sort of belting it up. Are they, uh, are, are they people who are part of the circus or? Uh, yeah, they'll be like, probably if they're not like actually at the big top right now, they'll either be like sideshow people or they'll be like, you know, family followers. Can I, uh, land next to them and, and try and see what's going on? <laughs> Um, I mean, as far as elegant scale knows, they're, you know, friendly. Okay, yeah, I don't think this needs to be a big deal. Yeah, so you kind of fly, you fly towards them and, like, you definitely have some crossbows pointing at you as you get close. Okay. <laughs> um, but, like, are you glowing right now? Um, yeah, a bit. I think I would have started glowing to just try and chase away the shadows and then not dropped it, really. Yeah, so... When you land, like, you're in, like, a little knot of mostly beetles and roaches, um, and one beaconden, um, specifically Yanov. 
And like, you know, once people kind of cotton onto, well, there is only one glowing person around here and they are a friend, people stop pointing crossbows at you. you know? Good, good. I like I like that. I like when that happens. <laughs> yeah, what's going what's going on out there? Um asks one person as as their shoulder side by Yalaf who says, Was that Kandaya? It was. She was Fuck. He takes off running. He's not listening. Uh, okay. Uh, scale will take off. Everyone else is still waiting for an answer, but you know. Uh, scale looks <laughs> between the the beacon and who took off running and everyone else, and just sort of, sorry, I got to deal with this. I- I'll be back, and like takes off after him. Yeah. Uh, so he's got basically a um, uh, hand axe. Really, like, more uh, wood-cutting axe than a fighting axe, but it's still an axe in one hand, and he's carrying a lantern in the other, as he kind of, like, stumbles through the hillocks of the rise out behind. You know how it is when you're try- whenever you're trying to get anywhere overland in the dark, it turns out that the entire ground is made of little trip hazards. Yes. Um, obviously, you don't have to worry about that, because you can fly. I could, yeah, I'm just flying, like, offering a little bit of light to try and help him not, like, yeah. Like his neck as he's running out here. Yeah, I think since like you're keeping pace with him, he'll ask you, what happened to her? Is she alright? Is she going to be okay? She's fine. She's fine. She attacked Tavolo and me. Well, she magicked Tavolo, and I don't know what was happening with that, but there's something odd with that violin. He kind of shakes his head and says, well, well did she attack you or not? She did. Um, she tried. I turned it aside, but I could tell it was coming from her. I, I don't know if she was what, does she in have control. A, does she, does she have a bow? Well, of course she had her violin. Of course she had a bow. Could Lorca butt in on this? I mean, you're not there. Like he's moving towards you. All um, oh, right. Uh, yeah, he he kind of like stops asking questions at that point, um, and focuses his breath and saves his breath for running. So yeah. Um, you basically have. I, I don't think you were far away, right? You, you're basically at the edge of shouting distance. So, like, what? Right, a minute not, or two? not very far away. So, yeah, in a minute or t- within a minute or two, like he gets close enough that she can see him, and she'll like try and struggle out of your like hold, um, this barrier, and kind of go to him. Someone, one of the, one of them took my. They took my violin, and they tried to hurt me. Well, hold on, hold on. The violin was hurting them first. Give her back um, her violin. Vess says that with their hand out towards Tavolo Yanov. Tavolo is, is case giving Vess a very similar baffled look to what I expect Yanov is giving. <laughs> yep. She was attacking us with the violin and she magic Tavolo. She's not getting this violin back. I really want a button now. Uh, what? Uh, by all means, you can butt in. Like, this is, this is them. Or this is him, like, arriving. Yeah. yeah. Lorca looks around at everybody and says, They don't understand what happened. They don't know about magic. I know about magic just and I don't this. understand what happened. Just, just 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 let me handle this. Now Lorca looks like the guilty party here because he is covered in blood and holding a bloody violin. <laughs> oh yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, I mean covered in blood is I well, think it is. His hands at least. He feels like he's covered in blood. <laughs> Well, his hand, his one of his hands is stained with blood from the attack, and the other one is stained with blood from the violin that he's holding in it. So amazing! He lays the violin on the ground, sort of keeping a 
a weather eye on it and holds up his hands towards Yanov. We can explain. Well, you'd best start explaining. I'm going to attempt to deceive. (laughs) (laughs) Probably for the best. (laughs) So, Lorca says, We saw Kandea up on the hill here practicing alone. We went to come and see if she was okay. When we found her, she was in some sort of deep meditation. I think she must have cut herself from playing too vigorously. You can see the blood on the violin. She probably has a cut on her wrist or on her fingers. We took it away from her because we didn't want her to keep hurting herself. I don't think she understands what was happening. Okay. Uh, What is your nasty little deception roll? Uh, it's a plus four. Oh, damn. Wow. Um, okay, so I got a two, but I still have a fate point left for this scene. Oh, and you fuck. are covered in blood! <laughs> um, so I'm going to make that a tie um, with my final fate point. Uh, just using, I think it qualifies as a situation aspect, the fact that you are, again, I cannot stress this enough, like, covered in her blood. <laughs> holding her violin. Um... Um, so that, that, that would be a tie on the overcome, which means you succeed at a minor cost. Ah, which is easy for me. Uh, so you can boost if you want to, but um, otherwise I have a, an offer, so to speak. Um, hmm. See, I could boost with imposter. Possibly, because I'm used to lying, but I'm not sure if that's appropriate, because it's usually about myself. Hmm. Uh, I don't think I have anything else that's appropriate. I'll take the minor. Okay, so he looks like very relieved at this explanation. You know, he would love a rational explanation for what happened, right? And he kind of nods, kind of like very willing to accept it. And like, he's kind of like holding uh, Kandea, who is like, clinging to him again like she, she doesn't normally like cling to him in that way you know, it's more it's usually more him kind of shadowing her but like she's very upset um and he just he says okay okay right see it's just a misunderstanding it's just a misunderstanding can it's just it's all fine everyone's everyone's friends here okay they're gonna give back your violin just 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 give me the violin i'll, I'll I'll make sure she doesn't play it till she heals up. And he holds out a hand expectantly, because why wouldn't you give him back the violin with that explanation? Yuck, okay, fine. Um, and I... I would like to take a look at it first. Um, I think maybe maybe there is something sharp on it that would have caused her bleeding. Ooh. And I have many, I have many repair skills. So if you if you could just leave it with me... I'll take it back to my tent, and you can pick it up there. Um, like, Candaya just like it's like it like absolutely like like turns turns her head and is like no 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 don't let them take it don't let them take it they'll destroy it they'll they'll steal it they'll... it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay. Uh, why don't you come round? I mean, you've got to be getting going, right? I mean, you you just come round. You come around tomorrow, right? I'll I'll let you take a look at it then. Yeah, is that right, Ken? Like, 
Like they won't they won't see it. They won't they won't take it away. It'll just be uh, they'll just come and have a look at it for you, alright? Well, it is covered in blood and it must be cleaned before the performance. Oh, 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 she's not performing tonight. Oh. Uh, well, the rest of us are though, and we'd better get going. I am not performing. I do not perform. Fair point. The blood will be easier to clean off the violin the sooner we clean it off. Why don't you come back with me to my tent? And we will look at it together. Alright, how's that, okay? We'll look at it. I won't let it out of my sight, I promise, okay? I'll just get you get you back to your caravan. And we'll and I'll and I'll take it and I'll take it with with Vess. And we'll just make sure it's it's not got any burrs, doesn't need restringing, alright? Like She's pretty hesitant. She doesn't say anything, but eventually he says, "Yeah, that'll be all right. All right, come on. Uh, you come back this way. Can you hold this? Actually, and kind of offers you the lantern so that he can like corral. Um, can, um, and yeah, I think that's probably a scene. I would like to, after they leave, turn to Hollis. Oh, actually, to be fair. That's a scene. Assume that Lorca actually hands it over to either to Vess or to um, uh, Yanov. I hand it to Yanov because I'm assuming he's apt and therefore will be less likely to get a backlash from it. Mm, reasonable. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and uh, someone was saying after someone leaves. Oh, uh, yes. After they leave, I would like to turn to Hollis and be and, and say, I know you know something about this. I do not know anything about this. Tell me what you know. And I would like to look very threatening. <laughs> Is this an attempt to provoke? Um, not to provoke. I mean, I think threatening someone is a provoke thing. Um, I, I guess not threatening. I would like to look intimidating. Yeah, yeah. It's stern. Mm. Yes. Um, so you're like basically what, following behind Yanov? A little way away so you can talk with, that, with Hollis? Yes. And keep the violin in my sight. Um, Hollis kind of protests. I don't really know much more than you. I'm basically here on a chance. You know, I, I swear, hand over my heart. But if you're going to get a chance to get a look at it, I mean, goodness knows I'm not new to the big top, so I'll, I'll cast lots over it. It's the best I can do. He'll what? Cast lots over it. Uh, perform some kind of divination. Ah. Clerimancy, um, specifically. I see, I see. Um, do I feel like he is being honest? Uh, you would have to beat him in empathy versus deception. I can absolutely do that. Are you sure? Pretty good at that. <laughs> I'm pretty good at empathy. Uh, that's a four. Okay, you succeed with style, which doesn't really matter. It only accepts. It doesn't really matter mechanically, but, you know, yes, certainly, like, yeah, okay, in that case, what I'll say is you get, like, not only do you know if he's lying right now, you get a better insight into him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I will uh, absolutely put on the table his aspect in over his head. That's basically his trouble, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He's being completely sincere. Like, he's okay. putting a brave face on it now, but, you know, you're also a spider, right? You are used to seeing straight through that kind of, like, default, bland smile of good cheer and everything's fine, I'm in control, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like, he is shit scared. He was pretty, like, ready to believe that you're all about to be killed in some horrible magical accident just then, you know? Um, he definitely does not know, like, more than he's letting on, you know? Okay. All right. He's being very upfront with you, right now at least. Okay. Then I will just continue following Candia and, uh, Giannis. He'll come along. Um, Giannis isn't that talkative and will basically kind of get Candia settled inside, you know, before kind of coming out with the violin again and say, all right, um, do you want to what, go back to your tent or what? Yes, that would be best. That is where all my tools are. Okay. Um, he's got it now, like, in its case to travel with. All right. And, yeah, you get to have a look at it. Um, How much blood was on it? Not, like, huge amounts of blood, more just... Um, smears? Yeah, smears, smears, there you go. Like, like from a from a shallow cut that's been smeared around and irritated, rather than from a, like, deep and terrible cut. Um, can I, like, examine the violin as I'm... See if there's anything else worth noticing? Absolutely. Uh, once he knows where you're going, Hollis will kind of duck away oh. for a bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm... And, yeah, as, when, you, when you examine it, what are you examining it for? Um, first of all, I want to see if, like, the blood was smeared in the process of playing or, like, smeared beforehand. Interesting. Uh, and, I mean, obviously I'm going to check and make sure that it, it, it doesn't have any sharp bits that Kendea would have cut herself on. Um... I don't know how much I'm able to see, but I want to see if the, if I can feel if the violin has any sort of spirit of its own, any sort of, Mm. um. Okay, I'm going to say because you're not a magician. Yeah. Not something you can really tell. Okay, that's sort of what I feel. But you can certainly work out like, you know, what's up with the blood, what's up with these strings, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, do you want to... Uh, I think that's investigation, right? I think it's an investigation skill. Ick. Ick? Yes. Ick. Indeed. Um... Um, well, hang on, before I, before I hear you say, uh, I think just to work out what you were trying to work out there um, mm-hmm. just would just require like an average roll. So plus one. Okay. Well, currently, have a minus one. Mm. Um, I do. Is there some way that I can incorporate craft into, and like acknowledge that, like, you know, normally my specialty is working with fabric, but I can do all sorts of repairs because, you know, I. I'm an artisan on the road with a circus, and people come that. to me with broken things. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think. Is this sorry? Is this renowned designer that you're trying to draw on? Yeah, but I don't think that's I don't really think a that really plays. Nah. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. I think probably then, like, unless you want to like really go for it, you don't get anything. Okay. Um. You get to kind of like have a look at it. Yeah, like yes, there's blood. You can tell there's not like you know huge amounts of blood, just because that's just kind of obvious. Right? 
Um, but you know, you can't tell if she was cut playing it or if she like cut herself and then played it, right? Okay. Um, but like while you're kind of like looking over it and like you know quite genuinely um, checking the uh, checking the strings for like burrs or anything, right? Tiffany's booster, mm-hmm. which doesn't seem to at all, right? Hollis will come in. Uh, we'll come back in and he's got like a handful of um, flat sticks and he kind of looks around. I'm guessing there isn't a lot of open floor in your um, tent. Did you say is or isn't? Isn't. Um, no, but there is a large table that yeah. is um, mostly clear at the moment. Okay. Like, Yanov eyes this new development extremely suspiciously, but doesn't but doesn't really see the harm as Hollis kind of um puts a hand on the scroll of the violin and with the other hand um because I assume you're working on the table in that case right Makes yeah sense. yeah um with the other hand kind of like throws the sticks up in the air looks up looks and looks upwards as he reaches down and grabs like a handful of them whichever ones will fall into his hand with one sweep and then picks them up and kind of reads reads off the marks on them. He doesn't um he kinda of like makes some like mm, noises. Uh but doesn't kind of volunteer anything while Yanov is waiting. I assume eventually you do give it back to Yanov? Yes. Yes. Once I've got the blood cleaned up and yeah. made sure that there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean certainly like it's unusual, you know? Um and actually one thing that you probably will tell just from working on it even without um, succeeding on the investigation rocks, it's kind of pretty obvious once you're this close. It's not wooden. It's uh, it's chitin. Hmm. Um, the main body of it, at least. Uh, the fretboard might be wood, uh, but the body is chitin. And yeah, um, it's chitin. It's it, it looks like it's been very like nicely like sanded down to remove the kind of natural pitting. And yeah, it's not really white. It's actually kind of more of a. It's it's a little. It's a very kind of pale sandy color. But you, you know, you can't draw many conclusions from that because you didn't succeed at your investigation role. Meanwhile, Hollis, oof. Once Yanov is gone, Hollis will just kind of shrug and say, I don't know, but it's powerful and it's probably bad news. I'll tell you what, though, he says kind of very carefully. I mean, I think we can agree that it's best that she's not walking around with it, right? She's in no fit state. Yeah. Okay. So, if we can sort of retrieve it, um, certainly I know someone who would be both grateful for it and able to deal with it safely. I don't suppose you will tell me who this is. He... I think he's already told you at least... A version of told you who he's working for, right? Or I, I know that he, I, I, I recognized something. Yes, yes, no, that's right. Oh, that's right. So he hasn't told you, but you do know that he's working for House Uriel. Yes, yes. Okay, and he, um, so he kind of like just dissemble, you know, openly. He says, oh, you know. Uh, old family friend, etc., etc. 
Um, but someone who seen it genuinely would be a much safer guardian for it. Do I know anything about uh, Alyssa of House Uriel and uh, like what she might do with a what seems to be some sort of enchanted instrument? Hmm. Um, I think that'll be like a contact roll. Okay. I think probably nothing like specific and obvious immediately, right? Like this isn't like yeah. a close friend or yeah. one of your families. Uh, nope. That's a negative one. So, yeah, you don't. You just don't. You you don't have much close knowledge of these people. You know. Okay. Um, All right. Certainly, it. I'm sure most manipuli would be pleased to receive a powerful magical tool, especially if they can also work out how to keep it under under their thumb. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course, a smart manipulist might go, might take a look at it and go, "Ah, oh, man, this shit's very cursed, and I don't want any of it." At which point, it makes an excellent gift for a manipulist you don't like. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Certainly, if if he's working for some manipulus, then she'll probably be able to make use of what seems like a fairly powerful magical object. Gotcha. Okay. Are, would you be able to steal it yourself, or would you need help? I could really use some help. I mean, particularly in the whole not having it lash out and fry my brains out of me and sort of thing. Yes. Well, we should discuss this with my companions and <laughs> perhaps they will be of, a, of good assistance. Great, 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 great. Good idea. Good. Good. Let's do that. You have been listening to Banjax's Unbelievable Gear Chain Circus. Your performance were Ben as Salve Tavolo, Moss as Vesperia of Tosano, Chris as Elegant Scales, and Haz as Lotka the Disabarist. Narration, editing, and composition was provided by me, Mel, and the setting is used by kind permission of Adrian Tchaikovsky, whose writing can be found wherever books are sold. Does she have a bow? Well, of course, she had her violin. Of course she had a bow. (laughs) (laughs) You set us up for that. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't mean to. Okay, search fate core for mechanisms for docking players' fate points. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>